Ladies and gentlemen, back once again. Another episode of the Chief and Bosco podcast. Here with my partner in crime, Bosco. Say what up to the people. What's good with y'all, man? Back, back, like we ain't never left. Back once again during the Monday night football session. Um, as you know, uh, we typically release on Sunday, but given due to the NFL season starting, we're going to go on Mondays just in case. So we'll be able to recap, you know, what's going on in the NFL season. But without further ado, before we even get to NFL, let's go ahead. I'll go ahead and do uh, the, ooh, actually got the game on. We'll go in and do the college day game recap. So for the college game day recap, um, really just want to highlight the regular teams that you know, they they won Alabama rolled over Mercer, uh, Oklahoma they rolled over who was a West Carolina. I think yo yeah, West West Carolina, and West Carolina as well. Um, Georgia was able to win. Um, Clemson had a big day. Really just kind of wanted to touch on the upsets. So first off we'll touch down in the Horseshoe, Columbus Ohio where Oregon upsets Ohio State. Um, and this one C.J. Verdell the running back had a huge day. Uh, three touchdowns over 150 yards. I was watching this game um, in and out. They could not stop the run whatsoever. Um, from then on, that's where it generated. And it seemed like they were really just doing the same play uh, with the sweep. And then they'll do the screen to the to the left side of the field. They could not stop it at all. And mind you, this was without Thibodeau, um, who's arguably the uh, best player in uh, college in the, in the country right now. Uh, so, yeah, they were able to go through. On the Ohio State side of things, uh, their quarterback coming in, freshman C.J. Stroud, made some key plays, but pretty much essentially from what they uh, had a chance to actually tie in the game, uh, end up throwing a, um, he ended up throwing a interception, which in effect ended the game. Uh, just to take away from this one, um, I know Ian Bosco talked about this, and I was just thinking like, you know, apart from, you know, being Bama, we're seeing it. We just saw it now with Ohio State, and we've seen it with Clemson. Like, you know, all your guys, these guys, I think it's a mixture of things. Uh, with the guys going in the first rounds and second rounds, it's kind of hard to just revamp, uh, revamp and put in those pieces uh, every single year just automatically, you know, come into the next year and be up to par which I think, you know, also plays in. You see the leadership and you see the development missing, you know, as opposed to where last year they had a Justin Fields that can make some of those key plays that they needed. Um, it definitely showed there, uh, you know, especially with C.J. Stroud and whatnot, you know, some of the throws, I mean, even, you know, without the with the key plays that he made to keep the game close, there were a lot of throws, I mean, over out the way, um, Missed a lot of guys and whatnot, just kind of overthrowing. You kind of see, you know, where the the inexperience came from in that case. Um, but you know, they came even you know having a uh, a veteran receiving group with uh, Gary Wilson, Chris Olave. You got to see you know just from then on, and we've seen it with Clemson as well, working on their offensive line, um, not really being able to you know stand up against some of the bigger. Uh, schools such as Georgia and whatnot, so just kind of revamping those, and I think that kind of ties in with like looking at like what well, now we have the Pac-12, 
a lot of those guys aren't going big and whatnot. So it's time for like you know, Oregon's been a middle of the road team. Your US USC's, your Washingtons, they keep these guys and even the UCLA's where they're having these guys stay and they're learning and um, it's kind of showing and proving now. You know, just to be able to see their talent wise and. You know, they have just as much speed as well, too. So it's just kind of a just a manifestation of things. I think this is kind of a learning lesson for Ohio State. And um, me personally, I think it's kind of just a building block, honestly, because I think they're really banking on uh, their freshman recruit, Queen Ewers, to kind of be the future uh, for Ohio State, um, as well as other guys that they've picked up, uh, such as Marvin Harrison Jr., um, etc. So just that kind of take. Um, Bosco, did you happen to catch that one? Got cooked. Talking <laughs> off for real though. Um, now I didn't watch the game. I only saw the highlights. But I think uh, college football is better when the Pac-12 mm-hmm. is good. Yep. And when you really think about when you take conferences like the Big Ten and SEC and stuff, and like ACC and them, I just I think with Pac-12 the way they play is mm-hmm. so different than what like some of these schools are used to seeing because like it's almost like i wish chip kelly was still at oregon because i would love to see how teams and the sec would adjust to that um type of offense he used to run which honestly i don't know about this year even next year but a few years from now you might see ucla Mm -hmm. in a playoff situation and it'll be interesting to see how um teams adjust but back to the ohio state game um i just when you lose so many players in one year to either the draft or them just graduating or transferring or whatever it is they're doing, I do think you're going to have uh, situations like this where, um, I mean, you know, let's be clear. It's not like they lost to a bad team. Like, yeah. Oregon is good. So, it's a, technically, it's an upset by rankings, but skill level, I wouldn't really say it's an upset. Oregon is just as good as anybody else in the country. So, yep. you know, I think it just is what it is. I think you look at that as a learning experience, like you said, and it's one of those things where it's like, all right, well, back to the drawing board. Let's see what we need to improve upon and, you know, try to go to the rest of your season and, Obviously, try to win every game and look to see what you can improve upon. Yeah, and I think uh, it kind of helps in a sense because, like, some of those games become more important, especially, like, their game with Penn State and such. To yeah. To the point it was getting out of hand to where, like, Ohio State was already up. Um, and most of these games are, you know, really just a simulation up until the college playoffs. Um, but now those games are more important. Uh, when they're playing there, and then, uh, you know, yeah, like, I, you know, just a learning experience, yeah, because, yeah, Penn State's ranked number 10 now, so I think that's going to, you know, it's going to be a big game um, upcoming to see how college season goes. Uh, clear that you mentioned the Pac-12. Let's stay there for a second. Um, big game that happened this past weekend, uh, Stanford upset USC 42-28. Um, was running attack was definitely on display. Uh, came through, um, upset those. It, it seemed like USC, you know, had been um, kind of on the up and rise, you know, following, you know, their whole uh, suspensions and, the, you know, scholarship situation and stuff. Now they were kind of just getting their feet back into things, um, being ranked. And, I, you know, this upset comes and it just, you know, happens today. You know, they, they fired their head coach, Clay Helton. Um, in which they're um, 
their uh, DB coach is going to be the interim coach. So now they are on the search uh, for their next. That's head a coach. wild promotion. Yeah, <laughs> to go, you go from, from DB's coach to the head coach of the team. Like, yeah. all right, true. <laughs> yeah, man, that, and it's um, I don't know, man, and uh, I was looking at that just trying to see like you know who might be a a good candidate maybe for the USC job. Um, should be interesting, man. I wouldn't be surprised if at some point, like, somebody off of that Alabama, like, to see how they go this year, somebody off of that staff isn't probably in the running for, um, for that position as well. Um, but yeah, that's all I really was thinking from that way. I think most of the top guys are kind of already, uh, taken in this case. Um, but... It'll be something just to keep up with, just to see how they go. Because USC is kind of in the middle of the road right now. Uh, would kind of, you know, be interesting to see them come in with a guy, a new game plan and whatnot. Uh, just to see how they space things out. Um, other than that, last big upset we had, uh, Arkansas steamrolled over Texas. Ooh, that, man, that, that was ugly. That was a really, really bad loss if you're Texas. Yeah, that got, uh, that got pretty bad pretty quick. Um, they rushed the field. Sarkeesian's first um, loss as Texas head coach. Um, and now I feel like the clock begins. Um, only a matter of time for the boosters kick him out, depending on how they go about this season. And, you know, crazy thing is, man, they got their first taste of the SEC. They're trying to go to the SEC, and they got the first taste of it. So It's weird. I don't really like uh, – it's funny because Arkansas act like they just beat the defending national champion. <laughs> like, the rush in the field thing is a bad look because Texas is Texas. I mean – Yeah. And, I mean, I get I get in terms of, like, brand name Texas is a big deal, but it's like, come on, man, knock it off. Like, you act like – they act like they just beat Alabama or something. <laughs> so, I thought that was kind of weird, but – um. If that's a preview mm-hmm. of what it's going to be like, then they're in for decades of terrible football. Because <laughs> like, Arkansas ain't even all that good in terms of SEC competition. Yeah. So if for you to get whooped, like punched in the face that badly off rip, like I don't even want to see what that would have been like if it was LSU, LSU or Auburn or Alabama or somebody. That could have got uglier or even quicker. Quick. So I don't, you know. I don't know, man. It'll be um, if you're Texas, mm-hmm. it, I guess it's, it's back to the drawing board. But you know, if they if they lose to Oklahoma later on this year, I guess the season is kind. Of, I mean, their season is basically over anyway. But if you <laughs> was to lose to Oklahoma and maybe lose an additional game to that, the season is kind of a, a waste and just throw it away. Um, it's weird though because I do think Texas has a problem where they have a revolving door of coaches, which I don't. Somebody could would need to explain to me in a situation where that's ever worked, where we just keep firing coaches after two or three years. And the thing is, like with them, like how you mentioned with the revolving door, is more so, man, because with those boosters, man, they have unrealistic expectations. You know, they have, they bring these coaches in, think they're gonna be able to change the program all of a sudden within one or two years, and they'll be winning the conference championship, and then be going to the playoffs. And I'm like, bro, this thing takes time, like. You know, to come in there, you still you're getting out recruited in your own state. Yeah, they need you know. to start there. Yeah, I'm like it's it's a multitude of things. Like, it's if if ever like you know, 
Texas has been like the, the the place to go to in Texas. Like it's it's been a long time since then. If then, like they got to recruit Texas A and M, Texas Tech, Baylor. It's a whole bunch. That's of different just places. in Texas. Most of them, then then they're getting out recruited by Alabama, by Oklahoma. Oklahoma yeah, exactly. Like, so I think I don't I don't think the solution is um getting a new head coach. I'm sure they will. If not this year, the year after. But the question is, who are you getting? Because Nick Saban ain't going nowhere. I mean, what does Urban Meyer come back to college by then? I mean, Probably I doubt it. Going but, there. Yeah, yeah I mean, well, well, Bill O'Brien, I guess, is out there. I, I mean, I don't. I think he'll be back. I like, and that's the thing, bro, because I think, like, I think Nick Saban. It's so funny that they always get brought up in the same conversation, because I feel like they're like one and the same, yo. It's, it's starting to show that, like. The same way with Belichick's disciples, the same way with Saban's disciples. They go off somewhere, they don't do good, and then they come back to to Alabama. We've seen it with like Lane Kiffin. Um, we, I feel like we're gonna see it with Sarkeesian, um, and whatnot. Like it just is, is it, it's. I think it's starting to become one of those things. It'll be only a matter of time before he's back there, at Bama. I feel like because the expectations with Texas, the boosters that they've got to answer to, like. It's going to start to come to a heat now with this this loss and preparing for them to go into the SEC. Man, the clock the clock is started now at this point. Like, I don't know what the expectation is. Yeah, I think I think what they need to focus on is um obviously you want to win it. Oh man, um you obviously want to win the conference. You obviously want a playoff spot. But okay, you're not there. Realistically, Texas needs to bring in somebody. Who can they have to become the top recruiter in their own state? Like yeah. that has to happen, and they need to become the top recruiter. And um, they need they need a winning culture because they clearly don't have that. They clearly don't have they clearly don't have a winning culture, and it's like the thing about it like this: they still didn't have real expectations of winning a championship or anything like that. And you get steamrolled by Arkansas, so it's not like they barely lost. They got murdered. From the first quarter on, like I don't think they ever had a lead in that game. Mm-hmm. Like, so you just need to bring in somebody, be like, look, we need to work on recruiting, we need to work on actual development, and maybe five, six years down the road, we can start talking national championship. Because Texas, if you look at their history, they not, they don't just scoop up national championships like yeah. that. Like that was never them. Same, like it's almost like when uh, Michigan brought in Jim Harbaugh, and everybody thought he was the missing piece to a championship. It's like, come on, Michigan, y'all not even built like that. Y'all never been no title town like that. Like, <laughs> and Jim Harbaugh's not changing that. So it's weird. If you're Texas, unless Mac Brown is walking back through that door, which he isn't, it's like I don't, I don't know what their expectations should be. But you know, right. we'll see. Yeah. Hey, I'm a Sooners fan, so if they're if they're terrible every single year, I'm happy. <laughs> nah, for sure, for sure. But nah, man, let's uh. You know, that's it for college game day, man. Let's go ahead and get into the big one, man. NFL Week 1 um, started uh, streaming different games. Currently got one going on right now. Uh, the Raiders of Las Vegas and the Baltimore Ravens. But to get into NFL Week 1, um, if you had to take, what was the three major Let's say this, uh, basketball. what was the three major games that you were looking at this past Sunday? Um... Chiefs Browns All right. was major. Uh Packers Saints mm-hmm. and then I would probably say uh 
I don't know about oh probably Dallas and Tampa only because um I would say the 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 Packers one was a big deal because they yeah. got murdered. Yeah, thirty eight three. Yeah, they 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 got killed. Chiefs and the Browns. The Browns scare me, but I have the Browns going to the AFC Championship game. They can't close out good teams though, which is kind of weird. Yeah, because they they let Kansas City come back, and then the Tampa and Dallas was a great game. But it's funny because I don't know what to take from it. Yeah, because like Tampa didn't look amazing at the beginning of last season, and then they went on to win the Super Bowl. And Dallas is Dallas, so I don't really know what to take from it, but um. Those were the three biggest games. I mean, some of the other games were Falcons. We got murdered by the Eagles. Um, I'm not shocked that we lost. I'm shocked we lost in that fashion. Mm-hmm. That was a shame. Um, the Rams and the Bears. I didn't even think that should have been the Sunday night game. I mean, the Bears aren't gonna be good, but we already knew that. And I don't know what to take from the Rams because they played the Bears. So yeah you know i don't um, know seattle looked good but seattle always looks good in september so yeah arizona steamrolled tennessee but i already thought arizona was gonna win anyway so um i know for me my three picks um would be i'll start off with the browns and the chiefs at first it looked like the browns were gonna you know be able to try to maintain and build on that lead but like as you mentioned i uh, weren't able to hold that one up uh, Baker ends up throwing a costly interception on schedule, um, in which the Chiefs are able to overcome and take home that W there. Uh, moving forward, like you mentioned, Saints and the Packers. Uh, Saints finished them off 38-3, which Aaron Rodgers throws two picks. Couldn't really get in cohesion uh, with anybody on there. And it's showing um, they're going to have to figure something out. Couldn't get the run game going. And then missing those three starting linemen, especially his left tackle, David Bacciari, who's on the pup list. So he's going to be out for another, I think, of what, five to six weeks. So they're going yeah. to have to figure this one out uh, with him. That was pretty much his, his I-don't-give-a-fuck moment, basically. Um, Jameis, what were you about to Oh, say? no, my fault. Go ahead. No, I was going to mention uh, with that one, Jameis, I think, only had around 148 yards, but he had five touchdowns. So really just taking care of the ball, no turnovers, which is, you know, amazing in itself. Um, when you get a Jameis like that and put up those numbers, no turnovers, um, you got something going there. Um, then defense, you know, still on point, but, you know, it really came down. No cohesion on Green Bay um, going into this one. No cohesion at all. So they're going to have to uh, go back to the drawing board this week. I think um, I, I think it's about to be a bad year for Green Bay because I, so. I think everybody already knows what it is. This isn't like a last dance situation where uh-huh. we have a great – great team this is last hurrah this is a i don't want to be here everybody knows at the end of the season aaron Rodgers is leaving so it's kind of like it was one game but it was a bad game so if they start off like one and three one and four something like that down the line like let's say this is like week 15 16 realistically they're eliminated from playoff contention do you just go ahead and sit aaron Rodgers like I feel like a, a conversation like that is going to have to be had because uh-huh. it's not even that they just lost. They got murdered, and I know they're missing some linemen, and that's a huge deal, but I don't know if him taking all that time off this offseason really messed up. That, I yeah. mean, the Saints do have a good defense, so I don't want to act like like they the Raiders or something like yeah. that. The Saints <laughs> defense is extremely good, but it was just a bad look. I, I mean, 
it was a bad look. And another game I forgot was um, Buffalo-Pittsburgh, which uh-huh. I'm kind of shocked Buffalo lost that game. And um, Pittsburgh is an odd team because I think Pittsburgh is going to win around eight or nine games. I don't. I don't see them being super competitive, but but Buffalo losing that game to me was kind of odd. But I have Buffalo and Cleveland in my AFC Championship game. I'm unless somebody gets hurt, I'm sticking to it. Okay, that's what I'm sticking with. Um, um I'm sure with some other games, Minnesota lost to Cincinnati, but um, I know I was thinking. All right, cool. Um, I was thinking for me, my third game was going to either be between. Uh, it was going to be maybe with the Tennessee and Cardinals. Um, Derek Henry completely shut out there. Couldn't get nothing with the passing game. Chandler Jones has an amazing game. Five sacks um, in that game. Uh, pretty much, you know, made Taylor Lewan just look crazy. Um, that was a big one. And then you mentioned with the Bills. Um, Josh Allen really couldn't get anything going. No cohesion there. A lot of overthrows. Um, it, it proved to show Pittsburgh had to go ahead and get T.J. Watt signed. Um, that definitely helped out there. Um, side note games. Like you mentioned with the Bengals. Um, key plays. That one actually went into overtime. Jamar Chase, you know, actually got a catch in for a touchdown. Big draw. Connection just like how they did in uh, LSU days. You no, know, of course all the rookies went off except Kyle Pitts. Yep. <laughs> you know, just our luck. Yep. Um, we got to see, like as you mentioned, with the Miami and the um, Miami and New England battle of the Bama boys. Uh, we had two of them. We had Mac there. Uh, Mac pretty consistent. Dink and dunk though. Um, nothing too creative. Uh, Tua was able to make some plays as well, which um, I think Jalen Waddle is going to be a key piece uh, to him and Devontae, uh, Devontae Parker. That'll be a good little mix right there um, going into uh, that offense. And then we got to see, uh, you know, good rookie uh, debuts. Um, the difference I felt like in watching the debut of Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence um, I felt like even with Urban Meyer, they were able to open it up for Trevor Lawrence. Actually, like, let him take some risk. I feel like um, three touchdowns, three picks. Um, Houston was able to roll over him, but they actually opened it up just to really give him a chance uh, to really be able to operate there. As opposed to um, looking at the Jets, kind of played conservative. Towards the end, they kind of opened it up for Zach Wilson. Um, definitely a revenge game of Sam Darnold playing his whole team. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how they go. I think uh, one is, I think his name's Corey Davis. Yeah, Corey Davis. I think he played at Tennessee originally. I think he's going to end up being the key target for Zach Wilson. But moving forward, it's going to be interesting because Mikai Becton is going to be out. Um, definitely probably one of the better up-and-coming players. Uh, uh, interior lineman for him, so that's gonna be interesting to see. Being without Mc, I felt like Mackay Beckton was the best player on that team. Um, moving out there, it'll be interesting to see how they go with Zach Wilson. On the opposite side, Sam Darnold. I mean, he played good, but you really yeah, didn't. Did he? Yeah, like no, you he really played okay. Yeah, but like you really didn't get too much out of it. I mean, it wasn't anything spectacular. Sometimes he kind of looked like a deer in headlights. Um. Luckily, he had Christian McCaffrey there to to pretty much, you know, help him bail him out as he's been doing for Carolina um, and whatnot. 
So we see there, man. Um, as you mentioned, uh, with Philly and with the Falcons, um, yeah, man, just a, a building block, man. It's I. I mean, you probably know more than I, I do. Um, they're definitely in a rebuild. It's weird because I feel like both of these teams are kind of in a rebuild mode, I guess. Um, but like, I don't. I have no clue because I don't know what direction either one of these teams are kind of going in. Like, we don't know, I feel like, from the standpoint of Atlanta, we don't know the actual, like, direction, really. But then, too, like, with Philly, yeah, they're in a rebuild mode, but, like, where they're going to start, you kind of don't know because they kind of don't. They have an, a somewhat answer in their quarterback position if they really give him the pieces to be successful. But they don't necessarily trust it for whatever reason. I don't know. Um, so it's kind of weird to see, you know, where they're going to take it. Um, but yeah, definitely a rebuild for them, both of those teams, just to kind of see how they go. Um, my Giants got blowers blown off of them by Denver. Um, they made, made Teddy Bridgewater, uh, look like a Hall of Famer. Mm -hmm. Um, defense came out completely flat, could not get off the field on third down whatsoever, missing tackles. Even Joe Judge tried to throw a challenge flag on a scoring play, which they're automatically reviewed. I don't know why he did that. Um, same thing, we'll be in the running for another quarterback. Every time, you know, we get a key play made by Daniel Jones, he comes back, and, uh, you know, there's either a fumble to kill a drive or not stand up there. It's weird because the biggest question mark going into the game was the offensive line. And which the offensive line actually played pretty decent. It was every other piece that wasn't there. Um, Galladay made some crazy catches. Um, so we see why we signed him. Shepard uh, definitely had a big day. Uh, over 100 yards, 8 catches, a touchdown as well. But no cohesion. Um, hopefully for me, we'll get to see the departure of Jason Garrett pretty soon here. Offense is really stagnant. Uh, you could pretty much call their whole offense. Uh, first play is going to be a run, single back run. Second play will be a run, and then we're going to get a slant on third down. Uh, you can pretty much call it all the way through. Uh, so hopefully this week uh, we got the Redskins. Oh, excuse me. We got the Washington football team coming up on Thursday. So, you know, hopefully we can get something going there. But, yeah, man, as far as, uh, you know, key players, a lot of guys got shut down. So, some guys stood tall. Um, just like you mentioned, man, Seattle's good in September. Had a crazy day. Another crazy day for Tyler Lockett. Um, but we'll have to see how they go, uh, see if they can keep that going. But, yeah, man, just kind of wanted to touch down and recap this. Uh, right now we're sitting in the uh, middle of the fourth quarter uh, for the Baltimore and Raiders game. Currently tied up at 17 apiece. Um, seeing how this one goes, but that was just a quick touchdown on, you know, recapping NFL week one, um, moving forward, man, we got some more topics, man, let's go ahead and get into them, so, next on the board, man, we got, let's bring this up, man, so what'd you think about this, man, life of the party, Andre 3000 first, on the con it's Kanye 
song left off of Donda, man. What was your first take on this one? Uh, I like the song. Mm-hmm. I like this. I love Andre 3000's verse. Um, yeah. it's interesting because I feel like um, I don't know what Kanye and Andre 3000 relationship is. I'm sure they're probably cool with each other, cordial to some extent. Because I know he had Andre 3000 basically sing background vocals on 300, um, 36, 300, whatever that hour song was from Life of Pablo. So they've worked together before. I don't know if Kanye told him. Uh-huh. Like not to cuss on it or what that was, cause I don't know if it if he told him it specifically for the album, but yeah, I mean you listen to the album, you clearly can hear where they're bleeping out other people cussing. So I don't really know uh-huh. what the conversation was. Uh, I think it would have been a highlight of the album. Uh, apparently, there's two versions of it. The leaked version is the second version of it. Kanye's verse starts off well, then it kind of goes left <laughs> when he starts talking about Drake. <laughs> so I mean. You know, I'm I'm really over their uh their quote unquote beef. Nobody cares about that anymore. But yeah, what was the theme of the song like? Cause I felt like they were on two different pages. Yeah, it was like all right, cause it sounded like Andre 3000 basically talking to Kanye's mom in the verse, mm-hmm. talking to Kanye's mom, talking about yeah, you know, if you see my mom say this, and Kanye's verse starts off basically on that type of time and then maybe like eight bars in, <laughs> he starts talking about GD and all this other stuff, which I. In the verse, I guess he basically confirms, which everybody already knew that Drake writes for him or helps him write, because he has that one line like, "If I hit you up, you better just tell me you're done writing everything I need." And it's just like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> I mean, like I said, I, I think the verse just got away from him a little bit, but apparently, I didn't watch these uh, live concerts. Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently, I guess during the very first one that he has a version of the song where it's a different verse. And it's more on par with Andre 3000. So, I mean, it's a shame because I'm pretty sure we're not going to hear the the version that he wanted to release. I'm pretty sure we're not going to. And um, it's a shame, but I, I thought Andre's verse was very good. I mean, he pops out every now and then. So I'm expecting everything to be good from him. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I thought it was cool. Like I said, I don't know if it would change my overall opinion of the album. I mean, it still would have been 27 songs. That would have just been another song up there. Uh-huh. But it probably would have been one of the highlights for me. What about you? Uh, for me, yeah, I felt like this probably would have been, um, you know, one of my three favorite songs on the album. I definitely, like you said, I like I like Three Stacks' verse on there. Very heartfelt verse on there. I didn't really know what Kanye was getting into. Um, yeah, the whole GD and that that kind of ruined the song for me. I felt like, um, but other than that, yeah, I felt like the the verse was great by Three Stacks. It was kind of just weird the way this song kind of came about um, and being released and such. I wasn't really feeling that, but overall, I definitely liked that uh, song. Just kind of wanted to uh, reach by. I felt like this probably, you know. It would have been a chance to have been a haymaker on the album if it had been up there, I feel like, you know, in comparison to the other album. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Just wanted to touch on that one. Um, but, yeah, man, shoot. Moving forward from there. Um, the Stand With Music, you listen to the Baby Keem album? That's um, his name, right? Baby Keem? Yeah, uh, K-Dot, little cousin. Um <laughs> Yeah. people. Yeah, you know. Um, I did. Uh, it really ain't my vibe. Uh, people kept sending me screenshots of like Range Brothers that has Kendrick on there too. 
Uh, it just felt like the big cousin hanging out with the little cousin and the little cousin getting his ass into trouble. I really weren't really feeling that song. They were just kind of talking. Like I've been like one of the few times I I really almost wanted to tell Kendrick, yo, shut up, man. Yeah. Like, I, I wasn't feeling that like everybody else is feeling that. Um, I just got to be real about it. Um, but <clears throat> overall, the album, I don't know, man, because I know Baby Keem is under PG Lang, which is like uh, Kendrick's imprint. And I know, like, that's fam and whatnot, but, like, the lanes, I don't really know how that's going to move. Because um, I know, like, I want to say a Scar, like, there's it, some good tracks up there. And I uh, see he sampled some some stuff from Kanye. You'll hear Love Lockdown uh, sample up there. Um, so there's some stuff on there, but, like, overall, that just, I don't know, man. It wasn't for me. Not something I'm going to go back to. Um... I don't really know wh- what's his lane or what's he kind of going towards. I feel like, cause I feel like he's just kind of yelling on songs at some point, <laughs> like in a high po- high pitched voice, and it's kind of like annoying. So I mean, I don't really know where to go with this. I mean, decent project, but definitely not something I'm going back to. Uh, gonna be a forgettable one for me. Uh, did you happen to peep it? No. Yeah. See. Yeah. No. I ain't look ah. I want to lie and say at some point I will, but honestly, I probably won't. Um, Throw it on if you're cleaning the bathroom or something. Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> Depending on how long it is, yeah, I probably will. Um, I'm not really rushing to hear Kendrick on verse, on like other people's stuff. I kind of just want him to release his own stuff. Yeah. And uh, I liked when that song that they had um, with the music video and all yeah, that. You're talking about... Uh, I can't think of it. Yeah, whatever that one was, when that was the first time we all heard Kendrick in a while, I liked that song. I was like, oh, okay, you know, this is cool. Um, You know, people have told oh, me. Family ties. Yeah, people have told me, yeah, you know, you should check out Keem, this and that. I'm like, oh, I mean, you know, at some point maybe. I don't, I'm just not in a rush. And then it's like, you know, I've, I've read a couple people saying this album of the year. A couple people said this album's terrible. So I've seen it all all different ends of the spectrum which i really don't care that much about but it is interesting hearing and reading a whole bunch of different opinions like that and um you know i mean like i said i'm just kind of ready for kendrick's own thing and really with rap in general Mm -hmm. i don't know i'm i'm at the age i'm at and just the way i am in life i like more so like chill back rap like like isaiah rashad i've been listening like that's my favorite album of the year and you know currency and stuff like that a lot of a lot of this hyper music and dudes just yelling and screaming over songs i feel like that has its place but not for me currently i feel like we get to the point where like we we like our our signature artists our trademark artists um because we have, like, you know, the ones that we... You have, like, your, your... I guess your mainstream guys, like your your Kendricks and stuff that you're looking forward to. But, like, we have, like, our own niche kind of artists that we kind of just wait and kick for. Because, um, like, for example, like we mentioned with the, the Baby Keem situation here. Um, I know for me, I definitely listen to uh, Common's uh, new album. Oh, yeah, see, I am peep. Yeah, I, that one I actually am going to listen to at some yeah. point this week. And even then, like, it's weird because, you know, that's kind of like, for me, that's, it's called a beautiful revolution. 
Um, oh, yeah, part two. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like mood music, like in certain settings, like, you know, chill vibe, stuff like that. Kind of like uplifting. It's not like, I wouldn't say put this on while you're in the gym or anything, like, but like, you know, chill vibe setting. That's, you know, what you're really going to get from there and whatnot. But yeah, man, I feel like, you know, especially with his stuff, it kind of goes under the radar. But, you know, it's definitely, um, just just certain kind of vibe type music really um but yeah man the baby came um i wasn't too big on it but it's gonna be kind of forgettable for me honestly um and it, it wasn't definitely something i was checking for so that's fair yeah nothing i mean I, I, they're probably at least I, you gave it a you gave it a chance you gave it a listen yeah i might i might go back and you know try to peep something else man but yeah, uh, for right now, now nah, I just got some other stuff that I'm 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 into listening to at this point. Um, but moving on from there, uh, we can go ahead and get into. Uh, let's go to uh, TV for a second. So back on Hulu, the Wu Tang, the saga continues. So, came back this past week, dropped three episodes, um, the Wu was back, from here on, they are in Ohio, if you didn't know, at one point, um, Bobby, the RZA, uh, Rakeem, however you want to go about it. Yeah, he ain't RZA yet. Okay, <laughs> he, okay, he's, he's Bobby. So, Bobby and, uh, D-Lover. Formerly known as the Ghostface Killer, yeah. or uh, in Ohio at this point, um, kind of just touching base with everybody, kind of see where they're at. Um, they're in Ohio. Uh, Shaw, who we know as Raekwon, he's back. Uh, you know, still in. Uh, I think they're still in Stapleton, Staten Island. He's kind of doing his own thing with his music, trying to take it seriously. Um, just you know, following up in the studio and such. Map's not really doing shit, but chilling in the hallway. Um, selling weed, I guess he's selling weed. I don't, yeah, I don't so, know. He like, must be because he's just hanging out there all day. I think he's up there. Uh, I think you guy gets locked up. I know Deck gets locked up at this point, too. So a couple dudes are kind of down at this point. Everybody was kind of getting knocked um, back and forth. So you kind of really just see them uh, touch down from there. Older brother Bobby's older brother Devon, um, which ends up being the manager for Wu. He's uh, you know, leaving the halfway house pretty much, trying to figure out his next path, man. I don't know, man. It's all over the place. Uh, three episodes into this new season, man. What were you thinking? Okay, let's get into it. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, it's a good show. Mm-hmm. It's not. The most realistic version of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, they've they've taken some um, some liberties. Thank you. They've taken some liberties with it. More so, so far they took a whole lot in season one. Um, so far with season two, it's it threw me off. The first ten minutes of the first episode of this new season threw me off. I ain't going for. I ain't know what the hell was going on. Shows do this bad. Shows are starting to have this bad habit of 
previously on such and such, and they start showing you scenes uh-huh. that were actually never played during the first season. Because uh-huh. there was parts they were showing, and I was like, whoa, 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 when did this happen? <laughs> and I know it's been a while since season one came out, but I was like, I don't remember this. But, you know, I think, I think what it is is... I don't know how long they plan on this show going on because in the trailer they you show this shows them all on stage together with the Wu Tang shirts. Something tells me that's the very last episode of the season. And they were it looked like also too they were maybe recording Protect Your Neck. Yeah, like something tells me all right, if I had to guess, let's say it's ten episodes. Uh-huh. Something's telling me you're they're not gonna really get into it till like episode eight or nine because they're still not even a group yet. So Yeah, they're still not he hasn't even brought everybody together. And it's weird because like you said, they take liberties but like it's weird because I watch on Amazon they actually have like a uh, I, th- I want to say it's like a four or five episode where they have all the Wu members together and they're kind of breaking down their origin story pretty much together and and um, it's kind of coinciding basically um, with everything so like the, you know this point you know they went to them two it went to Ohio and such like that. Um, he he ended up shooting somebody, and that's another wild thing, man. Like you mentioned, man, he shot him. So now you know goes to turn himself in. He's facing eight years for an attempt. The dude ratted on him, but like the dude is still in the streets doing work. They shot old boy, uh, shot D Lover in the neck, which I which at first I was like whoa whoa, but then come to find out that actually did happen. Like he did get shot in the neck. Um, <laughs> it was funny because Ghost was like, yeah. You know, yeah, I got shot in the neck. You know, I I got shot, but you know that ain't the reason we made protect your neck. It's <laughs> crazy. But yeah, man, I don't know, man. Just taking uh liberties. Uh, it's funny, man, cause it's side characters and stuff that like they make you like uh this. I feel like a dislike in the show, but like I thought they were cool in real life. Like for instance, um, in the show Power, the guy Power. Um, he actually ends up being like in real life. He was like an exec for the Wu. Yo, I just found that out yeah. today. Like yeah. I, I just found that out because I was randomly looking at it, and I'm like, because when I, I noticed it more this this season. I'm like, yo, why do they keep focusing on this thing? I'm like, all right, let me research him because he mm-hmm. gotta play a role later on, which which he does. Yeah, he. So I thought um, that was cool. Yeah, because he's in the uh, like for instance, he's in the Amazon doc, and um. Yeah, he was, you know, same way, kind of like the same way he is in the show, uh, was a drug dealer. I mean, he was known to really push this, you know, he was he was really in the streets, really active. And then um, it, it just felt like kind of similar to how they're going about it in the show, in a, in a way. But like, uh, Rizzo kind of pulling like all the people that he knows together to make his own team, whether it be in the group themselves or like, such and such be divine be manager power be the exact how we move the product such and such you know the opponents push it to sell it etc etc they're creating the woo brand so he's kind of pulling everybody together and one thing i didn't like it's okay just the premise of the character bothers me because like we learned from like the first season like power comes from a good family like he went to school and everything and whatnot and He's still out here selling drugs or whatever. For whatever you know what? Reason. It what is is annoying. Like mind you, that 
it's weird. Like when you say that out loud, it sounds weird, but it is funny because I can think of dudes I know in real life. Mm-hmm. They not selling dope like that, but we all know dudes that yeah. they come from good homes and like they just mess with the wrong crowd or they do stuff they don't got no business getting into. Right. But it's just interesting because like watching this show, like you see, you know what? What I came to the realization because I didn't watch the episodes until today. I'm like, this show isn't really about like. Wu Tang, like the group, it's really more so about them. Like, like it's almost like it's about individual characters that just happen to rap. They just happen to do music because the focus of the show, I don't even really get, is them making music. Like, it's almost like character pieces. And oh yeah, they they make music by the way. Yeah, they happen to do. Yeah, it. because like there's parts when you watch it, you can tell they're not. Besides Dave East and the dude that plays Ob, um, that plays uh. ODB, which I didn't even notice. I mean, I, I looked it up because I know he He's makes music in real life. Um, But you can tell the majority of them are not rappers because the scenes where it has them like reciting lines and rapping and all that, I'm like, eh, this this doesn't really sound all that. Not that it like sounds awful, but I'm like, I could tell you don't do this. Yeah. Like for a living. And then even Dave East is kind of weird because he's trying to rap like Method Man and he doesn't really rap like Method Man for real in real life. Yeah. So <laughs> he's trying he's trying his best because you are trying to play somebody. But I just find it funny because now we're starting to get um the origins of their names, which I'm not going to lie. It, whenever I see stuff like that in movies or TV shows, it always feels corny, even if that's really how it happened. Because there's a scene, yo, man, you smoking again? Yo, you really like Method Man. And I'm like, what? Yeah, that really <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, wait, what, what, what? <laughs> and then even how he explained RZA at the end of, I think it was episode three, I was kind of like, eh. I'm like, right. I'd rather just like have it to where like, like how RZA always explains it like in real, in real life. You know, with the rest of the Ziggler, the Ziggazag, you know. And then even, no, how Shaw came. Yeah, you know, um, such and such Raekwon now. And it's just like, oh. I mean, mind you, all of that can be real. I'm not mad mm-hmm. at that. I just kind of, like, when I hear it, I'm kind of just like, eh, oh, with I mean. the, uh, Or with, uh, what you call it, with a uh, ghost, and he's like, he goes to see his brother. Yeah, they said D Lover got shot. I don't know who D Lover is. No, his brother, their <laughs> brothers are the funniest people on yeah. the show. He was like, man, that nickname whack as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that one joint had me. He said, "I heard you got shot." How'd you hear that? I got my streets to the ear, yeah, nigga. But, yeah, like, it's just <laughs> that shit. Was, what he that said? was hilarious. He was like when they were driving by. Oh shit, that's Powers Whip. <laughs> How you know? I told you, my ears to the streets. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. And even from season one, even from season one, his, his his brothers are hilarious up there. But you see it coming together. But the problem with them doing an unrealistic version of, like, Raekwon has came out and said him and Ghost never had problems with each other in real life. He said they wasn't, like, best friends, but they never had problems. I think Ghostface said he always had problems with power. When yeah. they was younger, he had problems with him, but he never had problems with Raekwon. But the problem with that is you show last season... Raekwon shooting up Ghostface's house. Yeah. So I'm kind of like, okay, when they eventually come together, how does that work? Like, yeah, you know the place where my mama and my brothers live. You shot that up, but I'll let that slide because you can rap really well. I'm like, I don't, how does that work? And I don't, I'm not really sure why they took that liberty with the show because you didn't have to do that. Like, yeah, they see, didn't I'm, have to show that for the for it to be interesting. So yeah, I'm just not sure why they did that. And I think, like, they're kind of, like, 
somewhat like kind of just throwing stuff in between because it's like yeah like now like you mentioned like they're focusing in like they're tying in uh Raekwon doing this basically solo a thing. bunch but like like the but like we Maybe know, I'm like, tripping. You know, we know in Stir always so like Jizza was like one of the first ones to be like solo right after uh the Rizza was. And they and the funny thing is they touch on that slightly in season one they show because they talk about Jizza again his own mm-hmm. deal, but they don't really talk about like his album failing when it came out. Yeah. And the Raekwon one is fun like with the Raekwon storyline, I'm like I remember at the end of season one he's basically like, I'm gonna take music serious. But now this is like he working with top producers and Everybody's basically on his dick now. I'm just like, whoa, where all this come from? Like, oh man, he just lost the game. But I'm just like, man, where did all of this come from? So I, just, you know, I'm I'm ready for them to finally like come together because I mm-hmm. feel like that's when the story's really gonna take off. But like I said, I don't know how long they plan on doing this because it'll you'll really get into it and then it'll be like a ob um. ODB is messing with some chick. He yeah. keep getting his ass whooped until he finally punched you in the face. Then he do this slick move where he take the shotgun out of old boy's hand. Really? I was like, like some like real like samurai type. Yeah, shit. I was like, yo, I don't know what the hell is going on. I like him as an actor though. Um, dude that plays RZA, Aston Sanders, great actor. Don't like him as as RZA. Nah, man, I just feel all. like he's kind of forcing that voice. I think he's forcing it. First of all, he looks goofy. Let's let's get that out. Yeah, the way. I'm like, like, why is his like when he when he stands, he's always kind of hunched over. Yeah, it's kind of weird, and he's like, yeah, because you know, I'll go out of RZA with the He looks goofy. He don't sound like RZA. He don't <laughs> look like. <laughs> and I'm not even mad that he don't look like him because I can let that slide yeah. always. If the act, if you can, if you can portray someone well enough. I always will let the appearance slide. Yeah. But I'm like, you you not giving me that feel. Like, when I hear RZA interviews and I see clips of him from back in the day and stuff like that, I'm like, you not giving me that. Like, so I don't, I don't know. I, I know RZA said he liked him because he saw him in Equalizer 2. He's like, yeah, you know, that kind of reminded me of me growing up, which, I mean, all right, cool. But <laughs> it's just it just doesn't do it for me. Like, it's some scenes where he does where I'm like, yo, like, but I don't think I don't think he's playing RZA well. But I just think this is good acting. Then other times, like he'll throw the accent on. You know what it is when he's having back and forth dialogue with somebody. That's yeah. when I'm really like, yo, this is not good. Yeah. Like, and like your weird. accent's going in and out. Your voice sounds stupid. Because I feel like you know, I feel like Davies like looks the part. But I feel like the one that probably connects the most is the guy playing ODB. Yeah, like, he's got the look. He sounds like him acts like him like i feel like everything is kind of on board with that character alone uh just how he goes him and then i can see with the jizz yeah too. about to say, i think jizz is doing a bit yeah and you know i unfortunately i mean it's only a couple of them i actually know their real names but you know um it's only a couple of them i know their real name but he's doing a good job even dude that played raekwon does a good job oh, i ain't Shamique gonna front Moore. yeah and season one it kind of threw me off because you're Except so you said yeah, you so used to seeing him doing other stuff, but I think he's really growing into the character. Like, I think you might have brought it up earlier when we were texting. The clothes is kind of throwing me off because you, I mean, we all know how, how New York dudes used to dress back in the day, but these clothes look like even extra baggier. See, I'm wondering they're trying to make it up because, you know, like, Raekwon's pretty stocky. Yeah. Like, for a dude, and, you know, Shamik Moore is, like, kind of small. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, he, he ain't built like Raekwon. Yeah, so. so I'm wondering they're trying to just make that up. Um, yeah, being being in that, but yeah, like I mean, yeah. Other than that, um, I mean, I'll say this: 
It's watching the first three episodes, I was disappointed when the third episode was over because I wanted to jump Just right into in. episode four. Um, cause I see, I see where they're going and I see where they're trying to take us. I can just go without some of the pit stops along the way. Cause yeah. like, like they said, this is based on a true story. We all know what ends up, we know y'all end up getting together. So the thing that I didn't like, I don't know if you remember at the end of season one's a cliffhanger in the season one, an executive finds his tape yeah. because they did a song. Um, some of the dudes that joined Wu-Tang, they did a song. And it's a demo, and it gets into the hands of somebody, and they played it off as if the dude calls and he tries to get into contact with RZA, and that just isn't addressed at all. So I'm kind of like, I feel like they did season one, and they knew where they wanted to go, and in the midst of it, they maybe changed directions. Mm -hmm. And because I ain't going front by the by like season, I mean season by like episode three. I really, and maybe four, I really thought they would all be together by now. Yeah. And the rest of the season would be them, like, basically recording um, 36 Chambers. But that's not what it seems like is about no, to happen. So I'm yeah. I'm kind of thrown off a little bit by, by the direction they're going in. Yeah, like, I guess they're really going to do it to be like, you know. I think they'll try to squeeze it to get a third season. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so, too. Because, I mean, if you're Hulu... It's weird. I don't really know. This isn't like TV where they just have ratings, but you Hulu and Netflix and everybody else has their own metrics they use for viewership. But um, I feel like if you could get the cast back and everything, there's no reason not to do season three. But the question is, okay, let's say you do season three, then what? My, my whole thing is how long is this show going on? Because I guess technically you could do it up until present day. For obvious reasons, they're not going to do that. But how does I... Does the show go until they enter thirty? Do they do thirty six chambers? Does it go until Wu Tang Forever? Yeah, does it does it show them doing Iron Man and um? Yeah, does it show deals. them doing all like? Does it show them doing their solo stuff? How does I'm not really sure what the what the end goal is for this show. So I'm like, I mean, and eventually at some point, Aston Sanders and Shamik Moore do have other things going on in their career. So yeah, even then it turns into it all. I don't know how much longer I could do the show. I got other stuff going on like. So I don't I don't really know what the end goal is, but I'm gonna enjoy the ride. Like I said, I, they could cut some of it out for me though. I, I'm good without some of it. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, overall, I think it's still it's still good. Um, still very entertaining. Oh yeah, absolutely, and, very entertaining. Yeah, interesting to watch. For sure. Oh, I gotta take a take back too, cause you and I was talking, mm -hmm. and I was like, yo, something about Devon. I just don't take him, and I still don't take him as like a kingpin type of dude. That scene where he rolls up at Buddy's house, mm -hmm. and he was like, no, you're about to drop yeah, the loss. And he chokes him up. That one scene, I was like, that's believable. Like, I couldn't... That that was the most believable thing I see him do in the show. Like, that actually frightened me. Like, yo, he really with the shits. Like, he might not, like, pull out an AK and blow your head off, but he might beat your ass on your front steps. Like, yeah, if he really... If it's something that he, like, really cares about. Because it's weird, because, like, I'm kind of comparing it to, like, you know, with the the documentary that I've seen, and they, they showed Devon a lot in there, and those dudes have, like, it's funny, he's playing that character, he has, like, sim uh, similar mannerisms as, like, the actual Devon has, or what, how he goes about it, because, like, now they're kind of diving into it with the show, because in real life, he ended up being, like, their manager, setting up everything for him, now, you know, they're just getting into, like, okay, 
he's gonna like start reading up. Yeah, you the see the little business. they got the little camera work where it shows like the music business book mm-hmm. and all of that. And like I said, they're laying break. The only annoying thing is these breadcrumbs could have been laid in season one. I feel like, but um, you know, to be fair, it kind of is what it is. Um, yeah. Like I said, I'm very, very excited to see where this show goes. I'm looking forward to where it goes. Um, I just don't want to be disappointed. That's all. Like I just don't want it to be on some like. There's the the real story is good enough. Stop throwing in all this extra That's dumb shit. shit. Like I'm good. Like I don't need to see ODB get his ass whooped twice. <laughs> then he finally punches dude in the face. Then he's stealing a gun. I don't need to see all that. Skip all of that. I don't care about that. Like yeah. I need to see more music being recorded. That's what I want to see. But, but yeah. you know. But most definitely, yeah, for sure, for sure, man. Um, but just um, kind of moving forward uh, from there on, I kind of want to go into what we got here left. Really don't got too much here left, man. Kind of want to go into your question of the day, really. All right. You dating a woman. I guess you could throw in uh, an amount of time. Let's say you've been dating this woman for like six, seven months, right? Comes up and she's, you know, y'all talking about whatever. Come to find out, she was like, she's like, yeah, you know, like, well, how many bodies you got? You tell her. You ask her in response. She's, how many bodies is too much as a response answer? Your girl tell, I got a better one. Woman in your dating tells you she sucked off 150 guys. What's your immediate reaction? Huh. Uh, immediate. Hold up. She um. Now while we're recording this, they're just about to go into overtime with the Raiders and the Ravens. Um, she asked me. She said she sucks off 150 guys. She's like, yeah, well, you know, Keith, how many girls you been with? You say, yeah, I've been with such and such. You ain't got to put your real number out there. Oh, yeah, but, you know, how are you? She's like, well, I've been with um, this amount of guys, but I sucked off 150. It's like, I'm sorry, what? No, nah, it's like, true. Enjoy your night, queen. Be safe. <laughs> Enjoy your night, queen. <laughs> My immediate reaction is I throw up. I'm like, <laughs> I throw up and then I ask her to repeat herself. All like, yo, what'd you just say to me? Enjoy your night. That's crazy. Oh, no, nah, you know, that was a different point in my life. Like, I get that, but that still happened. That's nah, still nasty. It was a different dick in your night. <laughs> in your mouth every night. It's like, nah, we're not doing that. Yo, 150. 150 I don't even know that many people. Yeah, that's wild. 150? That's crazy, yo. You, yeah. were, you were like, you was going crazy. Like, you was. You was three, four in a night. Like, you was, you know what I'm saying? You was getting mad trains ran on you. Yeah, because this is the thing. You'll, you'll talk to people and they'll be like, well, how many is too many? Oh, you know, that's not really our place to judge. And yes. you know what people did before you? Man, knock it off. Grow up. I don't believe that. I don't believe that because any, if, if somebody told you, if anybody said, well, how many people have you been with before me? If they give you a triple-digit number, stop with this whole, you do, it doesn't matter. And you did that when you was young. I don't care how old you are or what stage in life you are. That's too many. And you think about the vicinity, right? She tells you some shit like 150. You probably know 135 of them dudes. Oh, at least. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. If she tells you that and y'all from the same city, you know a good amount of those dudes. Now, if she's from, like, Cali or somewhere out there. 
even then, I still nah, might I know be them. like, nah, I know them. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, I know at least two or three of them too. So, nah, 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 nah. We can't do that. Nah, we know them. Nah, I can't. I can't do that. That's crazy. But nah, she tell me that. But I mean, as far as the count goes, I mean. I mean, I I guess I prefer it not to be more than mine, but like at the same time, like I feel like you know, women can legit hook up with any dude they really want to for the most part. Like they ain't never when it comes to like women, they'll never not be a dude that you can't hook up with as opposed to like men. But I don't know. I be feeling I ain't like one to be like I ain't one of those dudes to be like Alright, so how many you got? Uh, I just been with three. Oh my God, that's too many. Nah, I can't do oh it. Oh yeah, no, no, no. That that's no, that's ridiculous. Yeah, nothing like that. But you know what I mean. Long as ain't nothing crazy, crazy out the way. I feel like, you know what I'm saying. And I feel like it's more so like who, like if I know them, like that's gonna be like. Would so you different. rather a woman tell you she sucked off a hundred guys you don't know, or she sucked off three but you know two of them? Do I really like converse with these dudes? Nah, but you know them though. I might take that that two or three. Mm. I know if I if I can, it's like I'm thinking like if I don't really like bang with them, then I don't really care. Like it ain't about to be nothing because it ain't like too many people that I'm really talking to like that anyway. I can't do the hundred some dudes. I'm sorry, that's crazy. Cause you know, one of the dudes was not nah, not even one. Ninety five of the dudes was going crazy in there. Cause it, it's like one of those things when she tell you, "All right, yeah, I sucked off a hundred dudes." You're not telling me the full truth. That's like, yo, I didn't have like eight trades ran on me this week. Like that is insane. Yo, there's no way you've just been doing like going crazy, just letting everybody shotgun blast you to the head. There's no, there's no, there's no way. If you get eight train, eight trains ran on you in a week, you grew up with no dad, you don't love yourself, and you need a clinic. That is wild. That's like the equivalent of a school shooter. Like, <laughs> yeah, but that is wild. Yeah, you know, like I, I, mm. I don't know, man. I can't, I can't do that, yo. And she said that. Uh, uh-uh. uh, nah, that that's a little bit too much for me. I'd rather, uh, you know. Nah, I'll take the couple dudes. <laughs> I'll, take, uh, I'll take the couple dudes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? If they got something to say, they got to see my hands anyway. So I feel it. I like the energy. They can see my hands or they can see my pistol. It makes me know never mind. Everything <laughs> works. Everything, everything works. It makes me know never mind. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah, man. Just wanted to touch on that one real quick. Our, you know, your little qu- Bosco's question for today. Um... Looks like that's all we got left on here. You got any closing remarks? Uh, like always, man. We always tell y'all to be safe. World ain't getting any less crazy. You know, be safe. Protect yourself out there. Uh, fall's coming up. You know, that's my favorite season is mm-hmm. fall. So, you know, pull out the fresh fits. Um, For all y'all, it, it, you know, if life ain't going well right now, that's all right. Keep your head up. Things will turn around in the next few days or so. Got to keep faith. Remember to... I look at it as the bottle is always more half uh, full than half empty. 
got to keep that optimism. Whatever you got to do to get through tough times, keep it up. Um, somebody out there love you. It might not be me, but somebody loves you. So, <laughs> you know, man, just, just be all right. Take care of yourself. Protect yourself. Um, what about you? What you got to say? Uh, not a damn thing. Okay, uh, true. Y'all be safe out there. Um, like you said, a lot, a lot of the same, though, honestly, man. But, you know, the usual. Uh, definitely support us. You can check us out on my social media. Twitter and Instagram, both the same. Chief Keep 757 will lead you to the podcast. Uh, please listen wherever you listen to your podcast. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Rate, review, and subscribe. Helps us in the algorithms. And also, you can find us on Spotify as well. With the Chief and Bosco podcast. Like I said, um, this has been another episode. Gearing up. We're through week one. We'll be back week two. And we appreciate the support. But nonetheless, this has been another episode. We are out. Y'all take it easy.